Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the Aquatic Man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater. Cichlids, catfish, oddballs, flakos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Atari Tales USA. School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio-Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc., and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality of freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash AquaAlex. Now, AquaAlex, take it away. Happy Easter from all of us at the Aquatic Rut Line to all of you listening right now to this show. Oscar Alex really hopes you guys have a fantastic Easter. Don't forget to purchase your fish some delicious Akari goodies from your local fish store or pet store. Akari offers some fantastic treats such as frozen bloodworms, frozen brine shrimp, or even some delicious pellets such as Akari Cichlid Gold. So offer your fish the finest quality products with Akari this Easter. And if you're from Western Massachusetts, check out School of Fish Inc. right here in Springfield, Massachusetts for some wonderful aquarium equipment and aquarium fish in both freshwater and saltwater. So once again, Happy Easter to all of our listeners. Now, let's get on to the big fat Easter Bunny, Oscar Alice Cardinelli, live from Springfield, Mass. You're listening to the Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour, live on the Aquatic Wetline with your host, Oscar Alex. Aquatic Wetline is the only fish-keeping podcast dedicated to those who love, keep, and raise Oscar cichlids. Oscar cichlids are one of the most popular fish in the freshwater hobby, and Oscar Alex will be dedicating a whole entire series just for them. Today's episode of the Aquatic Wetline is being presented to you by Oscar Cichlid Keepers Group on Facebook. If you keep Oscars, go ahead and join my wonderful group with over 200 members and some awesome Oscar fish heads. Join our group on Facebook called Oscar Cichlid Keepers. Whether it's a Tiger Oscar, a Red Oscar, an Albino Oscar, 
or a wild Oscar, we will discuss them all. Call in at 1-347-989-8142 to ask any Oscar Cichlid questions or join the chat. Now let's chat Oscar Cichlids. Hello, Oscar Cichlid fishheads, and welcome to our fifth installment of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour here on the Aquatic Wetline. How are you doing, my Oscar Cichlid fans? I hope you guys are having a fantastic week thus far. Spring is almost here. I can't believe it. We're finally getting some beautiful weather because spring is almost here. Welcome to this episode of the Aquatic Wetline, and thank you so much for tuning in tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the archive version of today's show. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my show because you're supporting the Aquatic Wetline by listening, and that means a whole lot to me. Anyways, I'm your host, Oscar Alex. And I'm very proud to be hosting this show here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, I've got a fantastic show coming your way tonight, a very unique topic that you don't hear about too often in regards to Oscar Cichlids. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the history of Oscar Cichlids. Now, I bet a ton of you guys did not know that when Oscars were first discovered, they were thought to be a saltwater species. Yes, that's true. And we're going to discuss that tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. This is going to be a very fun Oscar Secret Keepers Hour here on the Aquatic Wetline. You guys are going to enjoy it, I guarantee it. All right, so... Here is the agenda for tonight's show. I'm going to discuss the history of Oscars, and then I'm going to discuss the different astronautist species that belong to the Oscar family, and then I'm going to answer the controversial question. Are the albino Oscars in the hobby truly albino Oscars, or are we being fooled? I'm going to answer that question because it's a controversy right now. Are the Oscars that are sold as albinos truly albino Oscars? I'll answer that tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. And then I'll discuss one of my personal favorite Oscars. What are the wild-type common Oscars? And I'll discuss the different kinds of astronautist uh, Ocellus Oscars, which is the very common Oscar in the aquarium hobby. So we've got a lot to discuss. And uh, just so you guys know, I am not the best guy to be pronouncing scientific names. So if I mispronounce a scientific name or anyone's name on today's show, go ahead and laugh at me. But I'm going to try my best to get their names down right. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Now, of course, as always, if you have any questions or comments on Oscar Cichlids, you can go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. After all, this show is for you, the Oscar Cichlid fishheads, and I want to answer your questions. 
So if you have any Oscar cichlid questions about your Oscar cichlid behavior or tank mates for your Oscar, I'll be happy to answer them tonight. Or you can join the chat for tonight's show. Now, since we are going to be talking about Oscars and a variety of Oscars today, I would love if you guys would call in and tell me your favorite kind of Oscars. That is 1-347-989-8142, and I'll give another caller plug later on in the show. You guys are going to enjoy this show, and hopefully we will have some callers here on the show tonight. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. I've been talking a lot already, and I've got a lot of information to give out, so let's go ahead and get started. All right. We are going to start this fun show by learning about the history of Oscars. It took me a lot of research, but I was able to put this together for you. This is going to be very interesting. Now, this information, for those wondering, was taken from Florida Museum of National History. So here is the history of Oscars. The Oscar was formally described in 1831 as Lobotos Oscillatus by the famous 19th century zoologist and founder of Harvard University's Museum of Cooperative Zoology, Jean Louis Rodolphe Agassiz. The genius Lobotis, however, is entirely marine, and fishes of this genus, known as triple tails, are of no meaningful relation to cichlids. That's right, when Oscars were first found, they are classified as marine fish. It is surmised that Ajizi, whatever his name is, chose Lobotis in describing the Oscar based on the fact that he believed his specimen of specimens to have been collected in the Atlantic Ocean. Considering the similarity in the appearance of the Oscar to the marine, the marine triple tails and the enormous locality information, the original placement of the Oscar in Lobetz is not surprising. Current taxonomic placement of the Oscar is in the South American cichlid genus Astronautis. Astronautis is derived from the Greek words astra, ray, and notion equals back. Oscillatus is Latin for spotted, referring to the spotted pattern on the body of this fish. Synonyms include Acara comprophis, co- uh, excuse me, include Acara compressis from Cope 1872 and Hypostica Acara from Cope 1878. Astronautis has long been considered a monotypic genus but recent studies indicate that a number of other species of Oscar abound in South America. There's tons of species of Astronautis in South America. Astronautis oscillatus are, as originally described, appears to be restricted to Peru and Brazil. Wow, great history on the Oscar fish. Oscars were once thought to be a saltwater fish. Holy shit! All right. 
Now, if it's Astronautus or Astronotion, either way, it's the same species of fish, the same genus of fish. Astronautus is a South American cichlid subfamily. Now, common English names include Oscar, Velvet Cichlid, Red Oscar, Tiger Oscar, and Marble Cichlid. Although the type locality for Agassiz specimen was published as Atlantic Ocean, the Oscar is a strictly freshwater species restricted to the Rio Ucali drainage and upper Amazon River of Peru and Brazil. The error committed by Agassiz is easily attributable to the fact that many early species descriptions were based on specimens shipped to zoologists from far-flung localities, and often these specimens were accompanied by little in the way of specific locality data. Indeed, there are many instances of early species descriptions with locality errors similar to the case of the Oscar. A non-native population of Oscars is well established in South Florida, USA. Oscars show a preference for slow-moving waters that afford them cover in the form of sunken branches and logs. This cichlid spent a great deal of time resting in areas of cover. Captive Oscars are commonly observed to rest on the substrate at night. Now, that is the history of Oscars. Now we're going to talk about the Oscar fish themselves, the appearance of Oscar cichlids in the home aquarium. So here we go, folks. Distinctive features of the Oscar. The Oscar is a large, somewhat stocky cichlid with a oval-shaped body, a large head, large eyes, and a large mouth. The first dorsal fin is spineous. The second is composed of soft rays and has a rounded shell, or excuse me, has a rounded shape. The annual fin is spineous anteriorly and also possesses a rounded edge. Both the base of the soft dorsal and annual fins are scaled. All right, and the Oscar gets very large and has some beautiful coloration. So let's talk about the Oscar's coloration right now. Oscars are olive green to gray to chocolate brown in base color with a modeling of some or all of these colors. A large black spot surrounded by an orange ring present on either side of the base of the upper Catawell peduncle is a striking characteristic of the species. These conspicuous bilateral OSI or eye spots some individuals may pose more than one per side, serve in an anti-predatory capacity, causing confusion as to which end of the fish is the head. Oscars appear to suffer less injury from fin-nipping piranhas than do other similar cichlid fish living in the Amazon, lacking eye spots and living within the same range. Eye spots or or disruptive coloration associated with the actual eyes are fairly common traits among fish in the Amazon, 
such as Oscars, peacock bass, and pike cichlids, and such characteristics have independently evolved along many separate separate evolutionary lines. Additionally, more than one study has determined that the eye spots of Oscars serve as important cues in intraspecific communication, particularly during courtship and agnostic displays. A number of artificially selected aquarium color varieties exist, including an albino morph, among others. Individuals with greatly elong fins have also been produced for the aquarium hobby. Juvenile Oscars are strikingly marked fishes categorized by a series of prominent wavy white and orange bars and numerous small white spots randomly distributed on the head. Now, let's talk about teeth. Believe it or not, Oscars have teeth. So, let's talk about the dental work of Oscar cichlids. All right. Now, like all cichlids, Oscars possess teeth, not only in the jaw, but a set of paranagile teeth as well. Teeth in the jaws are small and used for grasping, while those in the throat, the pharyngeal teeth, manipulate and process prey items. The type and arrangement of teeth on the paranagile jaw plates are one of the most important characters used, useful to semasist in deciphering the evolutionary relationship of cichlids, and much study on this important feature has been published. So that's basically scientific stuff, because I'm pretty sure a lot of us aren't going to take Oscars from the wild and study their teeth, but I thought it would be awesome for you guys to know. All right, size, age, and growth of Oscars. Captive bred Oscars commonly live 10 to 20 years. The Oscar is a large cichlid reaching length of two, or excuse me, reaching length of 12 to 17 inches, a maximum weight of approximately 1.1 kilograms. Oscars are very large. In the wild, I was going to say they can be found up to two feet, but in a home aquarium, they're going to get 12 to 17 inches. Now let's talk about the food habits of Oscars in the wild. All right, now the food habits of Oscars in the wild is pretty simple. The natural diet of Oscars consists largely of smaller fish, crustaceans, gastropods, which are snails, and aquatic insects or insect larvae. Although Oscars are generally sluggish or inactive, they are capable of ambushing and capturing fleeing prey over short distances. Oscars in captivity exhibit ferocious, somewhat indiscriminate feeding hobbies. And in captivity, Oscars are very fun to feed. Trust me when I tell you that. Oscars are very, very fun to feed. Reproduction of Oscars. There are no well-defined external differences are discernible for male and female Oscars, although males tend to be larger and more colorful. Breeding Oscars defend their spawning sites, nest, and young quite fiercely. Male Oscars may lock jaws in disputes over territory or mate selection. 
In captivity, male and female have been observed to jointly prepare the breeding site. Eggs are adhesive and laid on a flat open surface cleared by the breeding pair. Hatching of eggs is temperature dependent, but typically occurs within three to four days. A single spawning may consist of as many as 1,000 to 2,000 eggs. Like most cichlids, Oscars tend and guard their young. Non-native populations in South Florida are observed to spawn primarily during summer months. And it is really hard to sex Oscar, so um, I unfortunately don't have the answer of how to sex an Oscar right now. Okay? All right, now let's talk about predators for Oscars. Oscars rely on their cryptic coloration in eye spots to elude or confuse predators. Generally sluggish, Oscars are capable of swimming away quite rapidly over short distances. Nonetheless, all age classes are, of Oscars are susceptible to a suite of predators, including invertebrates, fishes, wading birds, and reptiles. In the wild, Oscars fall victim to armapuma, larger species of piranhas, Sometimes, but the ice spot is a really big help when warding off piranhas and larger catfish, such as red-tailed cats and such. But um, there isn't that many species of fish that feed on Oscars. It's mostly birds and reptiles down in the Amazon. What a shame that our uh, aquarium fish get eaten in the wild. But, hey, it happens. All right, parasites of the Oscars. Captive bred Oscars are known to be quite susceptible to hole-in-the-head disease, a condition caused by the protozoa hexameta. Little is known regarding the parasites and diseases of wild Oscars. Oscars' importance to humans. The Oscar is a very popular aquarium fish in North America and Europe. And although adults require large aquariums, Oscars breed readily when maintained properly and are often categorized as very personable pets by their keepers. The breeding populations of Oscars established in areas of South Florida stem from a deliberate stocking event in Dade County by aquarium fish farms in the late 1950s. So all those Oscars that are in Florida have been dumped into the ponds deliberately by Dade County Aquarium Fish Farms. That's why I want to move back to Florida. I want to move back to Florida so I can catch some Oscars. Very, very cool. Now, the many interconnected canals of South Florida, along with transportation by individual anglers to new areas, has aided the dispersal of this introduced species. Established in no less than six counties, the Oscar is one of the few exotic fishes reproducing in the marginalized habits habitats of South Florida to have attained a foothold in Everglades National Park. You can find Oscars in any habitat down in Florida because it's great. Now, the direct effect of the Oscar on native species or the ecological balance of the park is unknown, but owing to the fact that native sunfishes in the region possess similar habits 
and ecological needs. So that of the Oscar, there was concern regarding the potential for harm. But if I was to move back to Florida, I would consider catching Oscars and buying a big 220-gallon aquarium and keeping wild-caught Oscars from Florida. That would be pretty darn cool. And, of course, I would, of course, uh, clean them up, quarantine them, and get rid of all those parasites and stuff that they might have from being out in the wild. But I love Oscars. You can tell how much I love Oscars. All right, and that was the history of Oscars and some things to know about the history of Oscars. And I got that from the Florida Museum of National History. So uh, I got all the history of Oscars and all that information I just shared with you from the Florida Museum of National History. All right, so now we're going to move on down to our next topic here on the aquatic wetline. Let's now talk about the different species of Astronautis. There are, to this date, only three known species of Astronautis, and I only found these three species. The first one, hopefully I pronounced this right, is Astronautis orbicolorus. Astronautis crassipinus and Astronautis ocellus, the common Oscar that we see in the aquarium hobby. Astronautis, Astronautis ocellus is the Oscars you find in your fish store, pet stores, Petco, PetSmart, etc. The other two are extremely rare in this aquarium hobby. Um, Astronautis orbicellaris, Astronautis crassipinus are the two rare versions of the genus Astronautis. Now, the only other Astronautis species I got full info on was the Astronautis chrysopinus. And this info comes from OscarFishLover.com. So let's talk about the Astronautis chrysopinus. Compared to the popular Oscar, very little is known about chrysopinus and the information that does exist is often vague or conflicting. Hopefully, we will all be able to learn more about this interesting astronautist in the future. It is still rare within the hobby and seldomly exported from South America, and the range in which it lives are far from truly explored. Now let's talk about the astronautist Crassipinus habitat. Examples of locations where Astronautis crassipinus has been found are Rio Pargaway, Villa Maria, and Casari Rio Guaparo, close to Mata Grossa, Rio Negro, and Rio Branco. The species inhabits the Bolivian parts of the Amazon and the Rio Madre de Dios drainage in Peru, plus the Rio Parana Basin and the Rio Paraguay drainage in Paraguay and Brazil. Size and appearance of Astronautis crossopinus. While the largest scientifically measured Astronautis oleosus was 45.7 centimeters in length, the largest scientifically measured Astronautis chrysopinus was much smaller, only 
um, 24 centimeters long. So a fish measuring 45.7 centimeters is 18 inches, while 24 centimeters equals 9 inches. So it's believed that Astronautus Crassopinus only reached 9 inches full growing. And that would be cool to get one of those in the aquarium hobby, to have an Oscar only reach 9 inches in length. You could have him in a 55 or 75 gallon for life. Now the person's name who described the species was Coolander. Back in 1986, distinguished Astronautus crossopinus from Astronautus oocellus on color pattern and meristics. Meristics is an area is an area of exology which relates to counting quantitative features of fish. Example: a number of fins or scales. Both species are known to exhibit a variable bar pattern, but Crassopinus is overly darker than Oscar's, and its anterior most light vertical bar is located more interior than on an Oscar fish. The area where you would find the first light bar on an Oscar is instead decorated with two more or less well-separated dark vertical bars on a Crassopinus. In addition to this, Crassopinus does not have the two eye spots along the base of its dorsal fin that adorns the western Amazonian Oscar. But the Astronautus Crassopinus is a very beautiful Oscar. Instead of being black and orange, the Astronautus Crassopinus is black and white. A very, very nice Oscar. I'd love to get my hands on an Astronautus Crassopinus. Black and white Oscars are nice. All right. Conversational status. Astronautus crossopinus has not been evaluated by the IUCN Red List of Threatened Species. It is popular food fish within its native region, but it's quite resilient to harvesting since its minimum population doubling time is within the 1.4 to 4.4 range. Keeping Astronautus Crassopinus in aquariums. To begin with, it is important to have or be prepared to eventually get a large aquarium. It is true that the largest specifically measured Crassopinus was 9.4 inches, but this doesn't mean that it must be impossible for the species to grow any larger. There might be even larger specimens lurking in South America unknown to science. Since we still know so little about Astronautus crassopinus, it is best to play it safe and assume that it might one day become as large as an Oscar fish. Also, keep in mind that the comfortable life in a well-kept aquarium could make some species grow much larger than they would in the wild. Try to mimic the South American rivers that crossopinus hail from when you decorate the aquarium. You don't have to make an identical copy, but including mangrove roots or similar is a good idea since roots will provide your fish with dark and sheltered spots for resting. Live plants floating on the surface will also be highly appreciated and make your fish feel more at home. Planted, uh, planted plants can also be used but your crassopinus may uproot them, so ideally go for robust species. Since 
Crassopinus is quite a messy eater and it produces a lot of waste. Powerful mechanical and biological filtration is typically necessary even in large and understocked aquariums. Even with powerful filtration, it is important to keep an eye on the water quality. Now, Crassopinus needs soft water and acidic water with a pH of 6.5 to 6.9. This species lives in tropical South American rivers and the recommended water temperature in the aquarium is 70 degrees Fahrenheit to 83 degrees Fahrenheit. If you decide to keep the water in the upper part of the range, don't forget that warm water holds less oxygen than cooler water. If your filtration system isn't enough to keep the oxygen level up, you can get one or several air stones. And that is a discussion on the different species of Astronautus. And I've got to say, I'm trying my best to locate an Astronautus chrysoponus in the aquarium hobby because I really, really want one. That way I can have two Astronautus ocellus and one Astronautus chrysoponus. I'm going to keep my eye out on Jeff Raps. Uh, Jeff Raps. If you guys don't know who Jeff Raps is, he's a specialist in bringing in rarer cichlids. He always has wild-caught Oscars in stock. So check out Jeff Raps at tangledupincichlids.com. That's tangledupincichlids.com. And right now, Jeff Raps has some wild-caught Astronautus Ocellus in stock. So if you're looking for a wild-caught Oscar, Jeff Raps is the place to go. Hopefully, just hopefully, within the next couple of months, when I get my bigger tank, Jeff Raps will get in some Astronautus Crestopinus. And I won't have to think twice about buying one of those because as soon as you get them in, I'm going to be buying one of them. All right. Wow. What an awesome start to today's show. I love the way this Oscar Circle Keepers Hour started, packed with awesome information. So we just learned the history of Oscars, and we learned about the different species of Astronautus. Coming up next here on our fifth episode of Oscar Circle Keepers Hour, are there any true albino Oscars, or have we been fooled? What are wild-type common Oscars? And we're going to discuss the different kinds of Astronautus Ocellus Oscars. So coming up next, we'll have a discussion on albino Oscars, wild-type Oscars, and the kinds of common Oscars. We are going to take our very first music and commercial break of the night. Now, this commercial break is being sponsored by Ikari Sales USA, who reminds all of our Oscar lovers that they've got the perfect uh, food for your Oscars, whether it, whether it be Ikari Stick of Gold Pellets, Ikari Monster Delight Sticks, or Ikari Bloodworms. Ikari has the perfect fish food for your Oscars. School of Fish, Inc., who always stocks Oscars, and they got some beautiful baby red and baby tiger Oscars for sale right now at School of Fish, Inc., for $6.99. So if you live in western Massachusetts and you want a beautiful baby Oscar, check out School of Fish, Inc., located in Springfield, Massachusetts. This commercial is also being sponsored by the International Aquatics Association on YouTube. Describe to them on YouTube. Slashmaster1989, a beautiful YouTube channel and check out my youtube channel aquatic wetline and this commercial is finally being sponsored by jambox for all my guitar loving friends 
And don't forget to check out all of our other radio show friends during this commercial break as well. So let's hear this commercial break. And when the commercial break is done, we're going to hear a good song. And then we're going to come back and discuss albino Oscars and much more. Hope you guys are enjoying the show this, this far. And don't forget to call in live if you're listening live, one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two with any questions. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, Micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And BioPure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in Western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts, and we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planter tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? On Do you need advice on discuss? Do you need advice on salt water tanks? Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, salt water tanks, community tanks, filtration! DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today. Thank you, IAA. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands new products, and get your jam on. Order a jam box today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Aquatics Euphoria, a podcast about fish. All things fish and everything fish. 
Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatic Sephoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Tunes and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Okay, so our first song for tonight's show is one of my personal favorite songs, and I thought, what song should I play on Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour tonight? And I figured this song would be one of the best songs to play on this show. So the name of this song is All of Me by John Lennon. And the reason I'm playing this, sh- this song here on Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour is because Oscars give you all of their personality and all of their love. So I figured this song is perfect for Oscars. So we're going to hear this song, All of Me, and then we're going to be right back here on the Aquatic Wetline, continuing our discussion on Oscars, and we'll talk about albino Oscars and the controversy surrounding albino Oscars when we come back after this song. So enjoy it, and I hope you guys enjoy this music for your listening pleasures. Without your smart mouth Drawing me in and you kicking me out You've got my head spinning No kidding I can't pin you down What's going on in that beautiful mind I'm on your magical mystery ride And I'm so dizzy Don't know what hit me But I'll be alright my head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. 
You may ask any fish questions you might have, or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. But go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember... You can call in anytime at 1-347-989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. And we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline. And tonight we're doing our fifth episode of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour. So you're tuned into our fifth episode of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour, and tonight we're discussing the history of Oscar Cichlids. Now, before commercial break, I was discussing the history of Oscar Cichlids and the different astronautist species of Oscars. So we had a wonderful start to the show, and now we're going to have a wonderful end to the show. Now, don't forget, you can call in live, live at 1-347-989-8142 with any questions you might have or discuss your favorite Oscars because later on in the show, we are going to have a segment where I would love a few callers to discuss their favorite Oscars. So go ahead and call in if you got any questions. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. I love live callers, and uh, it's going to be fun to hear from some of my listeners listening to the Aquatic Wetline tonight. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. With any live questions or discuss your favorite kind of Oscars. All right. So now we're going to get back into the topic of Oscars. Now I'm going to talk about the albino Oscar controversy, and then we'll talk about the Oscars that are sold in the aquarium hobby as wild-type Oscars, a.k.a. baby common Oscars. And then we'll talk about the other kinds of common Oscars, such as the Astronautus Olacellus right now on the Aquatic Wetland. So let's get back into our discussion for tonight's show. Now, you're probably asking yourself, are there any true albino Oscars out there? Now, I personally have been starting to think that deeply to myself. Now, a couple months ago, 
I bought a little cute two-inch albino Oscar from Petco back on January 17th, 2015, and he is almost two months now. Yes, that's right. He's almost two months now. I bought him back on January 17th at two inches, and right now he's a good three and a half to five inches now. He has grown a ton since I first got him, but he is no longer clear white. He has patches of gray coloration, but he's still my baby, and I still love this Oscar, and his name is Petey, the albino Oscar, or um, Latino Oscar, as they like to call him. But how can we be sure that we have albino Oscars? Well, I have done some research and have come up with the answer to this question. This information is from OscarFish.com, a great website packed with great information on Oscars. If you're looking for some wonderful information on Oscars, I personally recommend checking out OscarFish.com. Now, there are two types of albino Oscars. You have albino Oscars, the true albino Oscars, which are rare, and you have Latino Oscars, a color morph made to look like albinos. It's broken down into two categories, albinoism and leocism. So let's get started. I'm going to talk about albinism and leocism right now on the aquatic front line. And I do apologize if I pronounce leucism incorrectly, but you guys probably know what I'm talking about. So, albinism. Albinism is the result of a genetic dysfunction, mutation that prevents the production of melanin pigments. Melanin is responsible for all dark coloration. In a human, freckles are an example of concentrated melanin pigment, pigmentation. The darker human skin, the more melanin pigment it contains. The same is true for fish. A good example of a fish which has been selectively bred for enhanced melanin pigmentation would be the black lace angelfish. Angelfish. An absence of melanin means that the affected animal, in our case fish, will have no black, brown, gray, or green coloration. However, other types of pigment cells, such as carotenoids, red, orange, and zaxophores, yellow, are unaffected. This means that an albino Oscar can retain its natural orange and red coloration, losing only the darker colors. So that is albinoism, which is a very cool Oscar. I actually like the albino Oscars. All right, now let's talk about leocism. Leocism is the result of a genetic dysfunction, mutation, that results in a reduction of all skin pigments, not just melanin. In nature, this generally results in an all-white animal, and the only confirmed instances of leucistic fish I have found thus far demonstrate exactly that all-white fish. In nature, it is not uncommon, uncommon for animals to display irregular patches of skin 
that are lecistic, resulting in what is known as pied or piebald effect. However, I have never seen a pied Oscar, but I have seen pied convicts. It is my belief that a lucistic Oscar would be all white with normal eye coloration. Eye coloration is unaffected in lucistic animals because the pigment cells that determine eye color are unaffected by genetic cause of lucism. So the lucistic Oscars are kind of rare in this hobby. Now conclusions. Based upon the above definitions, we can safely identify that albino and lecistic Oscars are two totally different animals, each affected by a physically different genetic disorder. We can also draw our first conclusion that Latino Oscars are not lecistic, nor are they a partial form of albinism. A lecistic Oscar, unless it can be traced back to the pie ball effect, simply would not be capable of producing the dark coloration on the outer edges of the fins that is somewhat characteristic of a Latino Oscar. But it is not realistic to attribute the dark fins to the pie ball effect, as such an animal would have the splotches of normal coloration on other areas of its body, nor could it be attributed to the same lecistic me mechanism that results in normal eye coloration because the eyes being unaffected by the genetic cause of lecism is unique to the origin of retinal pigmentation cells, nor would it be probable that a lecistic Oscar would possess bright orange or red colorations. This is much more likely in an albino than in a leucistic. So, what about Latino Oscars? If they're not albinos and they're not leucistic, what the heck are they? It is my belief that Latino Oscars are a color morph and not the result of a genetic dysfunction mutation. I believe that Latino Oscars are the result of select breeding of fish with an abnormally high percentage of leucophore pigment cells, which results in white pigmentation or fish that have been selectively bred to remove black pigment cells, melanophores. This should not be confused with an absence of pigmentation as exists with albinism or leucism. And again, I apologize if I mispronounced that. Unlike albinos and Leocystics, these fish retain fully functional pigmentation. It's just that their pigmentation is predominantly white. We know that Oscars possess leucophore pigment cells because one of their natural colors in the wild type is green. Green coloration is achieved when melanophores are juxtaposed with luxophores. Reduce or eliminate the melanophores through selective breeding, and you're left with a white fish. This could also explain where the name Lutino comes from, as the dominant coloration white is the result of LEU copophores, leocophores. All right, albino Oscars. Albino Oscars will be pale white, retaining orange and red coloration, potentially vivid, posing no dark 
black, brown, green, gray coloration. Eyes will be red or pink. Many people purchase what they think is an albino Oscar, but if the fish is displaying any dark, black, brown, green, or gray coloration, it is not an albino Oscar. It is a Latino Oscar. Latino heat! Like the great Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> All right. Lasistic Oscars. Lasistic Oscars are like all white and will have normal eye coloration. Lasistic Oscars are exceedingly rare. It is possible for a Lasistic Oscar to be partially white with irregular splotches of normal coloration. Splotches would be more than the orange and red colors we normally attribute to albino or Latino Oscars, including the darker colors normal for Oscars. While I have never witnessed the piebald defect in the Oscar, I am aware of the existence in convicts, angelfish, and other cichlids. It's also possible for a lithistic Oscar to retain very faded orange and red coloration. Lithistic Oscars will not be capable of developing vivid orange or red coloration. In other words, they are just going to be a very white Oscar which is uh, not an Oscar that I'd be particularly interested in. All right. The Latino Oscar, which is white, and it can retain potentially vivid red, orange, and dark colorations, will usually have normal eye coloration and usually has black edges to the fins. So my baby albino Oscar that I got from Pecco back in January is a Latino Oscar, which is a pretty, he's pretty cool looking. Now, I'll take a picture and post it on my uh, Facebook account for you. Now, I do have a little uh, joke, a little side joke that I want to share uh, with you about albinism. Now, my deceased grandmother had a friend that is uh, a human friend that is albino. Her name is Joyce, and she suffers from some kind of uh, albinism. She's really white, and um you can you can clearly see that she's an albino human. It was actually kind of funny. I thought of her as like an albino pleco because she had a face of a placostomus. So I don't, every time I saw her, I'd say the albino pleco's here <laughs> or the albino Oscar's here because she really did look like an albino Oscar to me. She was so white. But I figured I'd share that uh, funny story with you. There was actually such thing as an albino human. Um, that was that was pretty funny. Albino Oscar and albino human. Sorry, so so uh, my my grandmother's friend is an albino pleco. All right, so I go ahead. I thought I would go ahead and share that with you. Now it is believed back in the 1970s and 1980s when the Latino Oscars were first found, they were being labeled as albinos, and their prices were anywhere from $35 to $100. But as fish hobbyists soon found out that they weren't real albinos, fish stores were forced to bring the prices down to normal. So that is the controversy surrounding albino Oscars. And if you have any questions on that, do feel free to call in at 1-347-989-8142. All right. So that is the controversy sounding Surrounding albino Oscars and PD is a Oscar that I love very much, and I'm going to keep him for his full lifespan. All right, 
So now, I want to talk about one of my personal favorite kinds of Oscars, the wild-type Oscars, a.k.a. common Oscars. What are common Oscar fish, a.k.a. wild-type Oscars? It is not quite correct to identify common Oscars as a color variety of Astronautus ocellus Oscar cichlid. They are Astronautus ocellus and that all other color varieties of Oscar fish have the common Oscar color type as the basis of their development. All the reds, oranges, yellows, greens, and golds found in the various Oscar fish color varieties are likely developed from the genetic base of the common Oscar, being olive green in base coloration with a well-defined ocellus on a tail, common Oscars are as close as we get in appearance to wild Oscars found in most of the Amazon River Basin, hence their second name, wild-type Oscar. Aside from some rarer varieties from remote sections of Brazil and Peru, if you had, actu- if you had an actual wild Oscar in the same tank with a common Oscar, it would be difficult to tell the fish apart. Nor are common Oscar fish common, with the onslaught of tiger Oscars, red Oscars, red tiger Oscars, albino Oscars, and Latino Oscars. These representatives of their wild brethren are becoming increasingly difficult to find. There is beauty in the purity of the common Oscar as close representatives of their wild heritage that simply cannot be found in the more colorful variants. Popularity of the Tiger Oscar has impacted the common Oscar in more ways than one. With Tiger Oscars being the consumer's choice, less effort is made to attempt to retain the original gene pool of the wild-type Oscar. So some fish you find in the hobby labeled as common Oscars or wild-type Oscars are likely crosses between the Tiger Oscar and common Oscar or just poor-quality Tiger Oscars leading to borderline fish. Common Oscars are a simple variety of the Oscar cichlid, and they are um, a nice-looking Oscar that represents wild-caught Oscars. You guys are going to like the wild-type Oscars, I guarantee it. Um, my fish store, School of Fish Inc., gets these guys in a lot, but they haven't gotten them in very frequently um, this year yet. But I'm hoping that they get them in sometime within the next couple of weeks. All right. All right. So that is the wild-type Oscars. Now here's the part of the show where you, the live listeners, can interact and join the aquatic wetline tonight. So now here's the time where the listeners can interact, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the archive version of today's episode. I want you to tell me what your favorite kind of Oscar is right here, right now, on the Aquatic Wetline. Come on and tell me your favorite kind of Oscar. So, if you're listening live, call in right now at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to discuss your favorite kind of Oscar. Come on and call in. 
1347-989-8142 to discuss your favorite kind of Oscar. If you are listening to the archive version of today's episode, please go ahead and tweet to at Alice Cardinelli1, your favorite species of Oscars. So 1347-989-8142 or at Alice Cardinelli1 with your favorite varieties of Oscars. So I want to hear your answers, 1347-989-8142. Now, I'll tell you guys my favorite Oscars. My personal favorite Oscar would have to be the Tiger Oscar. I love Tiger Oscars. They are very beautiful with all their natural red coloration. So the Tiger Oscars are my personal favorite Oscar of all time. Now, when I went to the fish store, when I went and got Petey, I was actually looking for a Tiger Oscar, and they actually did have Tiger Oscars, but I was a couple of dollars short, so I had to buy Petey, who was an albino Oscar, and uh, I had I had $9 on me, and the albino Oscars were seven ninety nine, and believe it or not, the Tiger Oscars were $13.00. And they're both the same size, so I don't understand the price difference. But anyways, I got Petey, and I got the Tiger Oscar later on, so it worked out. So I got an albino Oscar and a Tiger Oscar. So I'd say my top three favorite Oscars are the Tiger Oscars, the Latino Oscars, and the Wild-type Oscars. So those are my favorite types of Oscars. All right, this is awesome. We've got our very first caller here on this this week's episode of Oscar Signal Keepers Hour, so I'm very honored to bring him live. Hi, you're now live on this week's episode of Oscar Signal Keepers Hour, and thank you so much for calling in. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you tonight, sir? Not bad. I just thought I'd call in to say I like all Oscars, but I don't like the short body, the blueberries, the strawberries, the lemons, so forth. But other than that, I like all the Oscars about the same. I agree with you on that. I'm not a big fan of the man-made Oscars as well. I can't stand the uh, blueberry Oscars or all those diet Oscars either. I think it's a sin that they take a beautiful fish like an Oscar and paint them to make profit. I think it's awful. So I'm with you on that. I can't stand all those diet Oscars as well. But, but I do I had love to... all the kinds of Oscars out there. But if I had to pick one, if I could only keep one Oscar, it would probably have to be the common Oscar. Oh, I agree with you on that. Those Oscars are kind of nice, aren't they? Yeah. I think they're pretty like, awesome. I, got, I have one tiger, and then I got one Oscar that's just basically black with no orange, a little little tiny bit of orange around the tail area. Oh, nice. He looks like he must look like a wild, a wild caught Oscar. He must be kind of nice looking. Yeah, he's the biggest one. The brightest orange on him is the ring around his tail. Oh, nice. I love, I love that ring on your tail. I think it looks kind of nice on them. Yeah, it looks awesome. But I would never support any of the altered Oscars like the blueberries, the strawberries. And now I actually seen, like, I'm not sure about this, but I seen an albino red Oscar. Now is that natural or is that man made? That's actually a, a natural variation of the Red Oscar. It's just an albino uh, Red Oscar, or it could be one of those Latino Red Oscars. I actually like those Oscars, the albino Reds. I, I never see them in my area, but if I did, I'd scoop them up because I like them a lot. 
Yeah, now I also I seen a full red Oscar now. I mean, this thing was bright red, and I could not believe it. I think I showed you the picture. Yeah, I seen that. That happens a lot down in China and Asia. They have those uh, really, really dark orange or dark red Oscars, and I actually am not a big fan of those because they're not natural. I just want to buy those. They're too shiny for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you get back to your show, and I just wanted to say, let's go monster fish for the monsters vs. Theater show. <laughs> yeah. So all you monster fish lovers, all you monster, all you monster fish lovers need to call into that show and support the monster fish. Yes, very well said. Because monster fish rock and feeder fish rule, and Oscars will destroy any of the feeder fish. Hey, I don't have no problem with feeder fish, but. I, I, I'm more into the monster fish. I like a fish that you can see pretty good. Without a microscope, right? <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with feeder fish. I'm actually going to be keeping some in my new planted tank. Yeah, you're you're right about that. I just want to beat William for once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's got some nice fish. Yeah, well, the only monster fish he has is discus. I, I like his fish. I like the tetras he has and his angel fish and his discus. I think they look great. And like I said, I have no problem with feeder fish, but I'm going to go on monster fish side on this one. And I think you're going to have a lot of monster hey, no, fish my, people calling it. I hope so, too. My Oscars would love to meet his tetras. Yeah, I don't know about that. His tetras are cool. I wouldn't be there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I did it one time. I fed my Oscars a... I did it a couple of times. I fed them guppies once, and I thought it was cool watching them chase it around. And then I accidentally, my little tank broke one time, so I had, like, two zebra danios, nothing I could do, so I had to throw them in there. Oh, they must have been happy with that. Nice deal. Yeah, but other than that, I've never really did it that much. Yeah, I only do it once in a while as a treat. I don't do it as an everyday diet. I just do it as a treat. Yeah, because they do make quality frozen foods and foods like that that have enough protein. But I have to agree with what you said on one of your last shows, that it's kind of cool to see them use their predator instinct. Yeah, that's very true. I I definitely enjoy seeing that. It actually brings some uh, relaxation if you had a long day seeing a fish track down another fish and eat it. Yeah, and I think they enjoy it. When I did it, my fish colored up big time. Yeah, that, that's true. It brings out the coloration in them, too. It was weird because, like, they're they're normally black and orange, but when I put the live fish in there, I mean, they went pitch black. Yeah, I think it, it looked kind of cool in a way. I think it's uh, a very nice YouTube video if you do that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll let you get back to your show, and you need to quit picking on those monster or those feeder fish. <laughs> All right, I'll try to stop thinking about the feeder fish. <laughs> hey, Mark. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, what a great caller. He's an awesome gentleman. So anyone else is uh, welcome to call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Special thanks to uh, Jeff for uh, calling in. And I promise I'll try to stop picking on the feeder fish, but my Oscars are hungry now, so... I uh, guess off the feet of feeder fish. I <laughs> just get it. All right, so yeah, there's there's a lot of species of Oscars out there, and I pretty much covered them all. 
on this series. But if you missed it, there's the uh, common Tiger Oscar. Then you've got the Red, Red Tiger Oscar, the Red Oscar, the Albino Oscar, and the Latino Oscar. And then we've got the species I discussed today, the Wild-type Oscars. So I pretty much covered everything I want to cover tonight here on the Aquatic Wetland regarding the history of Oscars and a little bit of background information on Oscars. So I hope you guys enjoyed this show. And again, if you have any questions, you can call in live at 1-347-989-8142. So I'm going to go ahead and take my final commercial break of the evening. And during this commercial break, we're going to hear two songs this time so you guys can get some more listening pleasures. Now, um, the first song I did play last night on the Aquatic Wetline, but it's a really funny song, and I'll explain that during the commercial break. So when we come back, I've got some news for the 150th episode, and I've got some other news that I want to share with you guys here on the Aquatic Wetline. So stick around, my friends. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well... Contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com so we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish-keeping hobby. So, if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, aquaticwetline at outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your topical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, Please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Keepers, join the Aquatic Wetline live on 
Wednesday, March 18th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, as Oscar Alex and Discus Man William T. will have a no-holds-barred fight live on the Aquatic Wetline. That's right, Oscar Alex and Discus Man William T. are going to do battle. They're going to have a debate on monster fish versus feeder fish. And by feeder fish, we're not talking about feeder guppies or feeder goldfish. We're talking about the small fish that live in community aquariums. Which side of the fence are you on? Are you for monster fish or are you for feeder fish? Join us live Wednesday, March 18, 2015 for a discussion on monster fish and feeder fish. Some of the topics we're going to talk about are... Is it morally right to feed monster fish smaller fish? Why does Aqua Alex like monster fish? And much more. So join this fun show live March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. You're welcome to call in and be a part of this great show and let your voice be heard on monster fish and feeder fish. Anyone who calls into the show will be played on our 150th episode as one of our best callers on the Aquatic Wetline history. So join us live March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern for Monster Fish vs. Feeder Fish. And Discus Man William T., be prepared because I will eat you. Are you ready for the Aquatic Wetline to make history? But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No! I said, are you Well then, join us on Saturday, March 21st, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, as the Aquatic Wetline will be celebrating its 150th episode. We're going to celebrate our 150th episode with some prizes in each hour. We're going to have a two-hour extravaganza with prizes for all you, the listeners. Hikari is sponsoring the first half of the show, and I'm sponsoring the second half of the show. There is prizes for everyone, so make sure you call in to win yourself a prize on Saturday, March 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, on our 150th episode, we're going to have a blast from the past, and I'm going to make a very special announcement that's going to shake Blog Talk Radio to its foundation. So join us live for our 150th episode on Saturday, March 21st, for prizes, special announcement, and a very special guest. Live March 21st is our 150th episode, so be there. Be there as the Aquatic Wetline makes it big time. Live Saturday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern for our 150th episode. So we're going to hear two songs during this commercial break, so hopefully you guys will have a 
nice listening pleasures with this. Now, the first song is from one of my personal favorite movies of all time. It's the soundtrack from Shrek. And actually, one of my personal friends who I have been friends with for a long time kind of reminds me of Shrek. Every time I see him, I think of the movie Shrek, and that's all in good ways. I mean that because he, uh, he reminds me of Shrek. But I'm not going to tell you who it is that reminds me of Shrek. You guys can take your guesses, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. But anyways, here is the, here is the song from the movie Shrek. I hope you guys enjoy it. for Oscars being in the aquarium hobby, and hallelujah for the aquatic quintline going to be reaching 150th episode soon. All right, and our final song we're going to hear today is a song that I like, and it's a song I think you guys are going to enjoy. It's called Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Play the one that's on his heart oh. 
All right, before I wrap up the show, I've got a couple of announcements to make. Now, this is going to be our final Oscar Sickle Keepers Hour of March. All right, because I, I am going to be taking a small vacation later on in the show, uh, later on in the month. So this is my final Oscar Secret Keepers Hour of March, but I've got a good one scheduled to kickstart April and kickstart my. Uh, well, you can find out on our, you can find out our 150th episode. So our next Oscar Secret Keepers Hour is going to be very special because we're either going to have an Oscar guest or I'm going to talk about hole in the head and feeding Oscars. So our next Oscar Secret Keepers Hour is Monday, April 6, 2015, and it's going to kickstart our network. All right, so I'll, I'll give you the hint to announce what's going to be about a network here on Blog Talk Radio. So I don't care if I spilled the beans, but um, our first episode of the network is going to be Oscar Secret Keepers Hour here on Blog Talk Radio Aquatic Wetline. And I'm going to have a guest most likely on Monday, April 6, 2015. I'm, t- I'm thinking about getting a fellow Oscar expert on the show on April 6th, and his name is Scott Graham. So hopefully on Saturday, April 6th, or excuse me, on Monday, April 6th, I will have Scott Graham, or I'll talk about Oscars and holding the head and feeding Oscars. So I hope you guys are ready for our um, Oscar Keepers Hour of April 6th. All right. So um, now moving on down to my next announcement, and that is my 150th episode is now only seven episodes away. Correct. Seven episodes away, and today's episode is number 143. Now, I had changed the time for our 150th episode. Our 150th episode is now going to now going to air at 9 p.m. Eastern, and that is because I have a birthday party during the day. So, our 150th episode is going to air 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, March 21st, 2015, at 9. So make sure you tune into my 150th episode. I have a groundbreaking announcement about my network that's going to shake the foundation of the aquatic wetline. What can my network and what is the network announcement going to be about? So make sure you check it out on our 150th episode. Plus, I've got six prizes, four prizes for me, Kari, and two Petco gift cards for me personally. And I've got a special guest. He's never been on radio before, but he'll be on the radio for our 150th episode. And plus, I am going to play some of my best callers, including the call from Angry Fishman yesterday, Jeff's call today, and some of the callers from our show this coming Wednesday. So all that and more will be taking place on our 150th episode. Now, 
My next announcement is for our show this coming Wednesday, March 18th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. I have a Monster Fish versus Feeder Fish show, as my buddy and my new co-host Jeff has alluded to. So, Monster Fish versus Feeder Fish is going to air live Wednesday, March 18th, 2015, and this will be the last show that Discus Man William T. co-hosts here on the Aquatic Wet Line for a little while. And I will be the monster fish, or I'll be the Oscar, and William is going to be the feeder fish. And I'm going to chase William right back to the Euphoric Network and right, right away from Aquatic Wetline. All seriousness, it's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about why monster fish are awesome and why feeder fish are awesome as well. We're going to talk about, is it morally right to feed feeder fish to Oscars? And we're, not, we're not talking about goldfish or guppies. We're talking about small tetras and rasboras and things like that. It'll just be a fun debate. It's meant to do fun, so we're not, we're not recommending you feed any of these fish to, the, uh, to your Oscars or anything. It's just meant for fun. We're going to be teasing William. And we're going to have fun with it. So I would like some monster fish heads to call in. And don't worry, I'm going to go in there with some people I know they're going to call in. So I know that I'm going to defeat William just this one time. Trust me, us monster fish heads are going to win this Wednesday. I'm going to have people from my Oscar Cichlid Keepers group calling in and making us win. So I can guarantee you that. It's going to be like a WrestleMania 31 monster fish versus feeder fish debate with me winning. I can guarantee you I'm going to beat William. Alright, so join me for that Wednesday, March 18th at 8pm Eastern. Now, I have tomorrow off, so I hope you guys have a wonderful Friday. Thank God it's Friday, right? So I hope you guys have a good Friday tomorrow. But I'm here all weekend with you guys, Saturday and Sunday. I've got some awesome shows coming your way. Saturday, March um, 14th, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be doing my sixth episode of Life in the Amazon, and I'm going to be talking about freshwater Amazonian dolphins. Are you guys ready to learn about dolphins? I hope you are, because this Saturday we're going to talk about dolphins, all right? And then Sunday, March 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to talk about my personal favorite, Fancy Pleco, the L200 Green Phantom Pleco, which is a perfect tank mate for Oscars. All right, well, that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. I thank you so much for joining us here on the Aquatic Wetline. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I hope you guys liked the show. And I hope you guys learned a lot about the history of Oscars. Don't forget, we're going to have our next Oscar Secret Keepers Hour on April 6th. All right, with that being said, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Saturday for our Life in the Amazon episode. Now, enjoy your Oscars, and make sure you get an Oscar if you don't have an Oscar. I can guarantee you, you guys are going to like his Oscars. You guys are going to like Oscars. 
With that being said, I'm Oscar Morales, and you've been listening to an episode of Oscar Sickly Keepers Hour, only here on the Aquatic Wetline. Thank you for listening, and have a great night. I'm Oscar Morales. Go get an Oscar and enjoy Oscars if you don't got one. If you got Oscars, keep enjoying your Oscars. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. I'm Oscar Morales, and you're listening to the Aquatic Wetline. Take on, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Hank on.